It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information. You will not want to miss the live show. And first up on the program is the founder of Double Take Promotional Marketing, uh, Matt Dutchman, uh, who is from Evanston, Illinois, right around the corner from me. And uh, promotional marketing business is uh, certainly the family business. So uh, without further ado, Matt, welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Shalom. Good to see you. Oh, yeah. No, it's great to have you. So uh, it, as I mentioned, four generations in the promotional marketing business. So let's start there and let's start learning a little bit about your family. And then we'll lead right up until today in your own firm uh, beginning in 2010. So tell us a little bit about your family and uh, how uh, you guys got started, I believe, all the way back to 1935. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's kind of one of those obscure industries that... Uh, you don't go to school for, and you don't, uh, you don't, um, you know, think about it when you're a kid that that's what you want to do when you grow up, but, uh, you fall into it if it's in your family and your blood. Um, so back in 1935, my great grandfather, Paul, and my grandfather Maynard founded the Paul May company, which, uh, was a, a factory in New York. They were manufacturing promotional products, um, a lot of vinyl, desk folders and office supplies and luggage tags and card cases and things like that. And my dad ran the company for 30 plus years and I worked for my dad. And then I kind of uh, jumped the fence to the distribution side of the industry and started my own company in 2010 um, as a distributor in the promotional products industry. Oh my God. Wow. So over 80 years in, uh, in the business, you certainly learned a thing or two, but right now we are facing some uh, some fascinating pivots, and I know that you guys have uh, certainly been a leader in the industry. Um, but I want to talk for another moment or two about you, Matt. Um, again, I mentioned you're in Evanston, um, but it sounds like on your dad's side, you learned a lot about business. Uh, tell us a little bit about your mom's side and how that, uh, I guess, influenced you and the perspective that you come into uh, Double Take Promotional Marketing with. Yeah, um, my mom uh, was, a, was a teacher um, for 30-plus years, and um, I, after, um, after college, I still kind of didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and uh, I went back and I got a master's in education uh, thinking that I might go into teaching, and um, I started that program at the same time as I started my company. And ultimately, um, you know, I was really um, loving what I was doing in my business at the time that it would have been, you know, time to, to make the career switch and go into teaching full time. Um, so I decided to stick with it. But um, 
you know, educating clients is something that we do every day. So I really feel like I, I use my, you know, all, all the different, uh, you know, perspectives that have kind of <laughs> shaped me to who I am. Um, I use in, in, in on an everyday basis. And, and my mom Absolutely. Uh, in teaching, she, she just, she just constantly reinvented herself. She never just mailed it in, you know, with the same lesson plans or anything like that year after year. I mean, I, I always really respected that about her and, and she was uh, just a really great role model for me in, in her work ethic, if nothing else. So. Absolutely. And uh, if I understand correctly, your mom, Cecile, was a foreign language teacher, her entire career instructing in uh, Spanish, Japanese, and Italian. So very, you have a very yep. impressive role model on your mom's side and then, of course, on your dad's <laughs> side in, in business, too. And I understand that many yeah. of your clients are colleges and universities, which means that you Actually, you and your team, I want to give credit where it's due, um, you are now, uh, you're using that master's in education because you are now the dean of a university, but it's not, uh, it's not like it may sound. Double Take University, tell us a little bit about, again, how you have pivoted and what Double Take University is and what you've been doing throughout COVID. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a fun story because, um, so, yeah, for years, one of our main target markets has been higher ed. So we work with a lot of colleges and universities, um, among other types of clients, but a, a main um, vertical that we, we service are, are colleges and universities. So we, earlier this year, came up with the idea of rolling out our own marketing program called Double Take University. We created our, our own, like, mock university Um the mascot is the double take defenders and we are the defenders of your brand standards. And, um, we, we developed this as just a way of connecting with our own client base and, and using in our own, in our own marketing, um, as a way to reach that vertical. Um, but then when COVID hit, we, um, kind of adapted the double take defenders concept to also be defending against germs. And we created a new website, doubletakedefenders.com which is a build your own PPE kit tool. And um, you mentioned, you know, giving credit to my team. And that was really, um, I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by excellent people um, on my team. And that was something that, that one of our, uh, our new hires um, actually really spearheaded and, and has been uh, a, a great, you know, addition to what we offer. Um, and we've been doing a lot of branded PPE kits for colleges and really for, for other clients as well. But it started as a, uh, as a higher ed need over the summer for their designs of reopening in the fall. Yeah, I love it. Double Take University, a mock college with a mascot, the Double Take Defenders. And again, we'll make sure that you can share a website in, uh, before we conclude our conversation. But DoubletakeDefenders.com, lots, uh, lots of great products where clients can build their own PP product kits to defend against germs, which is awesome. But that's not the only uh, vertical that you're in, uh, Matt. Again, I'm chatting with Matt uh, Dutchman from uh, Double Take Promotional Marketing uh, Family Business, um, four generations in promotional marketing business uh, since 1935. And uh, Matt, you know, in our couple of minutes remaining before uh, before the end of our conversation, um, we are, believe it or not, uh, pretty much December. We are in December of this year. And this is the time that uh, everybody, regardless of what we'd be going through, would be sending gifts to clients, employees, business partners. Does COVID mean that businesses should sort of scale back at, at this point in, in that in that tradition? Or what's your advice to uh, some of the business owners that are tuning in? 
Um, well, while we've certainly, certainly seen some uh, clients of ours pull back a little bit as a result of COVID, and I mean, you know, some industries have, have been hit very hard. Um, so, you know, there's you know, there have been budget uh, cuts in some areas, but we've actually, you know, this is fourth quarter is a busy season for us every year with, with holiday gifts, like you mentioned, and this has really been no different for us. And if anything, we've been, we've seen a lot of other, um, we've seen a lot of new uh, clients come our way looking to do something meaningful for the holidays. Um, you know, with, with the, the COVID situation this whole year, a lot of our clients um, and new clients of ours, they're struggling with the fact that they haven't been able to reach their clients or their prospects or their referral sources or their staff in person all year, um, or at least since March. And, you know, that lack of personal contact, um, you know, they, they're emphasizing the importance of that now. Um, doing something to still reach the people that are important to them. So we've been doing a lot of projects um, relating to holiday gifts around now. I love it. I love it. This is the time of the year uh, to show appreciation. We just finished Thanksgiving. Obviously, I'm grateful and thankful for all of our uh, loyal listeners and, of course, amazing business owners um, like uh, like you, uh, Matt Deutschman from Double Take Promotional Marketing. We just finished uh, Small Business Saturday. Uh, we talked a lot about that last week, so, uh, but every day uh, should be a small business day. So, Matt, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you. We talked about DoubletakeDefenders.com. Uh, how else can, uh, can folks uh, get a hold of you if they want to uh, develop their strategy for the end of the year? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, DoubletakeDefenders.com, like you mentioned, that's our, our branded PPE kit builder. And then um, our main website uh, for our, you know, our, our more traditional offering is Make Them Look Twice. Dot com. That's our uh, our tagline and our website. So double take promotional marketing and it's make them look twice.com. Fantastic. Make them look twice.com. Uh, and indeed that's what you do every day. Uh, Matt, congratulations <laughs> to you and your team for uh, a phenomenal pivot and the important work that you're doing uh, combining, as we said, that general generational business knowledge with uh, love of learning um, credit goes certainly to your team and, of course, to your family. So thank you for sharing all of that with our listeners. And come back real soon on Get Down to Business. And speaking of coming back real soon on Get Down to Business, I'm excited for our next conversation. I'll be joined by Orlando Ashford, the former president of Holland America uh, Cruise Line, um, who uh, has authored a new book called How Did You Get That Job? Eight Principles to Accelerate Your Career and store into corporate America. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we will be right back. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And my next guest, as promised, Orlando Ashford, is the former president of Holland America Line. And he is the author of a brand new book, How Did You Get That Job? Eight Principles to Accelerate Your Career and Soar into Corporate America. Mr. Ashford, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. And uh, Orlando, actually, I have uh, I have followed your uh, your career, and I've seen your uh, I've seen your videos as a uh, frequent cruiser myself. I've uh, I've seen you all over, and it's uh, awesome to uh, to see your thirty year uh, corporate experience now being utilized for companies around the globe. So, as I always love to do in starting with our guests, I'd love to get to know a little bit about your background. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, my career's kind of played out in three segments. So I started my career in consulting uh, coming out of college. And so working with some major consulting organizations, doing corporate restructuring and things like that. The middle of 10 years of my career or so was focused on human resources. So I worked with some major corporations like Motorola and Coca-Cola, and then ultimately became the head of HR at Marshall McLennan Companies. And then I had a boss that saw something in me uh, and sort of nudged me into P&L leadership. And I spent the last uh, 10 years or so of my career uh, leading a business and, uh, and spent the last six uh, leading Holland America line. So I've had a pretty good run so far. Absolutely. So I have to ask, why did you write this book? What was the spark or the starting point uh, to do this and to actually document um, some of the lessons learned? Yeah, you know, over the course of my career, I've always tried to spend time with uh, young people, uh, middle career people. And so I do a lot of public speaking on careers and career planning. And people had always challenged me to take some of the stories that I would tell or some of the concepts that I would share and capture it into a book. And with everything going on uh, in the world today, with the impact to the cruise industry and hospitality industry and restaurant industry and lots of small businesses, I thought, you know, I have a few thoughts and things that have worked for me and now might be a good time to put them in a book and see if they might be helpful. Absolutely. And I absolutely love the name of the book. How did you get that job? Because I imagine that is a question that, uh, that you are asked. I'm uh, receiving uh, texts and messages from some of our listeners. You know, how cool, especially as people hear about, you know, the cruise industry right now, maybe not for the best, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> you get that question of how did you get that job? So I have to, I have to ask, how, what was the one thing that you can point to that, that, you, that sort of contributed to your success in, in business in corporate America? Yeah, there's two things. And, and, and that is why the, we titled the book, How Did You Get That Job? Because that's the question I've asked, been asked my whole career. And I've been fortunate to have moved from different industries, different segments. I've lived overseas. I lived in Istanbul, Turkey for a few years. And so when I would end up in these new roles, people would say to Orlando, how did you get that job? Um, two things that I would say are the biggest drivers. So one, uh, I think I've been able to establish myself as a person that delivered results got things done. I think that's that's first and foremost for anybody working in any type of job. You have to get things done. But the other big uh, thing or differentiator, I think, for me has been my ability to come in and create a culture and an environment where I could attract people and allow people to show up as their true authentic self. Uh, I believe in this concept I call collective intelligence, where uh, people can come and you can triangulate problems or issues or uh, innovations. And if you have a diverse team that can triangulate those ideas uh, in a different way, you're able to move you know, your group ahead. And so I've always been able to come into new environments and create that environment in the team or the organization that I was working with pretty, pretty quickly. So that's, that's been a key to my success. I, I love it. I love it. Focusing on results. And that might seem obvious to, uh, to some people, but for, for others, and I can tell you, uh, it's, it, it's not in focus, you know, it's great to have sort of those fluffy uh, things that feel good, but ultimately you do need results to drive you forward. So I want to get into some of the, uh, some of the lessons that you talk about in the book, which is a fantastic read. Again, I'm chatting with Orlando Ashford, former president of Holland America line, but uh, executive at many, many companies, the author of How Did You Get That Job? And I, I really want to talk, uh, especially in this era where there are so many people 
uh, sort of having that opportunity to pivot into new careers or jobs. Why should people create a career vision? What does that mean? And what is that number one, the most important takeaway that you want readers to take away um, regarding uh, careers and, and principles? Yeah, I think it's important to paint a picture for what you want your work and your life to look like. Uh, so many people go to work each and every day because they have to. Um, they don't like it. They don't feel motivated. They don't feel rewarded. And if 2020 has taught me and all of us, I would assume, one thing is that this has been a time to sort of reflect on what's most important in life. We've been at home. We've been isolated uh, and spending more time with uh, family and on Zoom and, and, and working in ways that we haven't. And so I think I know for me and I think a lot of people on this uh, you know, online here today have had to spend more time reflecting on what's really important. And, and if you can then tr translate the things that you're truly passionate about into your work, your profession, I think that's the definition of, of wealth. Uh, and so, that, uh, the, you know, go ahead. You're going to ask your question. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's uh, super important. And in the book, you talk about having multiple chessboards. Can you explain yeah. that concept um, to our listeners? Yeah, so I, I think you show up at, let's assume your first job, your core job is your primary chessboard. But um, I, I challenge people to think about other things that they're interested in as those other chessboards that you play at the same time. So for me, uh, I've you know, talked about some of the companies that I've worked in, but I've also always carved out time to do public speaking. I've carved out time to write books. Uh, I've carved out time to serve on boards, both um, pay boards and philanthropic boards. So those are things that do create the need for investment of time, but they're also things that can parlay into a secondary opportunity if something happens on your primary chessboard. So in my experience, by having multiple chessboards, other things that I'm interested in, other career choices that I could pivot to, I actually think it allows you to be even stronger in your primary chessboard because you're not so beholden to that one opportunity or that one job that you make trade-offs, that you don't have a strong point of view, that you don't take risks. Uh, and so that's one of the concepts that I talk about in the book is having your primary job, your primary chessboard, but also having some other interests that could parlay into maybe new careers uh, if, if the, the need to pivot is required. Absolutely. And again, I'm chatting with Orlando Ashford. And Orlando, you mentioned in the, uh, in the lead up into the conversation regarding uh, one of the things that you're most proud of is that brand, that culture. And it certainly sounds that chessboard piece is right along those lines. So when was that moment? What, what antidote can you, can you point to that you sort of had that aha moment where you started developing that brand and you realized you were actually building something both for yourself, but also for the teams that you are fortunate uh, to lead around you? Wow, that's a great question. Um, now, I can tell you a couple of stories, but one, when I, when I joined Holland America, so Holland America at the time, I joined in December 2014. Uh, I took my very first cruise in my life December 5th, 2014. So I joined as a complete outsider to that industry. Uh, and there's a lot of technical aspects to that industry, as you can imagine. So the only way I was going to be able to be successful is if you could create an environment where we would share, where uh, I could ask questions, where people would bring their ideas, and we would, again, attack things from uh, multiple angles and leverage the collective intelligence of, of the team that was there. Well, I'll tell this quick story. So in the first two weeks, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the elevator, 
and the elevator doors open and there's two uh, employees, two members of the organization. Uh, and both of them look at me and their eyes get real big and one mumbles to the other, oh my God, it's him. And they stand there and they let the elevator doors close. And I remember thinking, <laughs> okay, if people are scared to get on the elevator with me, how am I going to build an environment in which we're going to share ideas and innovate and I'm going to be able to tap into the creative intelligence of this organization. So I had a problem that I needed to fix. And so uh, I'm making a long story short, but uh, I talked about it to the organization. We almost joked about it and it started with, you know, let's get on the elevator with Orlando. And then it's, well, let's have lunch with Orlando or let's go see Orlando in his office or let's engage with the other executive team and move towards an environment where ultimately we, created the culture that we wanted. That is quite the aha moment. Again, Orlando, really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of those tips, lessons, and the insights from the book. How did you get that job? Eight principles to accelerate your career and soar into corporate America. Uh, I know folks can, uh, can purchase the book and uh, certainly looking forward to having you back on uh, because I have a hunch that there will be uh, future books in the pipeline as well. But Orlando Ashford, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Appreciate the time and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to chat again soon. Good luck to everybody. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, we are going to squeeze in a quick break with some headlines and uh, pay the bills here. But coming up after the break, I am excited to be joined by Ed Graziano, um, who will be joining more small business jobs and entrepreneurship right after this quick break. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Get Down to Business, and I am joined by Ed Graziano from Chicago Association Management. Ed, welcome to the program. Shalom. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. It's great to have you. You are a 20-year entrepreneur, uh, probably a little bit longer than, uh, than that now. Um, but, uh, Ed, you, uh, you are running Chicago Association, Association Management through the ups and downs of COVID-19. Ed, if you don't mind, uh, give our listeners a very brief uh, intro on what CAM does. Certainly, Shalom. And yes, it's actually been 33 and a half years now. Uh, but Chicago Association Management focuses on providing um, support services primarily for Chicago area associations, though we have one national and one international client. Uh, we work primarily with up-and-coming associations that are um, you know, working their way up and can't be managed by one person or a volunteer. And they need that extra team support. And we now work with 15 different organizations and adding added two in the last couple of months and looking at adding some more here in the near future. That's fantastic. And I was trying to make you sound a little bit younger. So, Ed, just, uh, just work with me over here. Um, but Chicago Association Management, so what I would say in, in summation is uh, you are helping uh, organizations and associations focus on what they do best and you and your team, and I've been fortunate to get to know a couple of folks on your team, um, really uh, do, uh, do you, you take care of everything else, which is fantastic. So uh, Chicago Association Management, uh, 2020 has been an interesting year. I'd love to pick your brain as a business owner. What has this year meant for you and for some of the associations that you've been working with? What are some of the lessons learned along the way? 
It's a great question, Shalom, and, and it's been interesting with each organization is a little bit different. Um, but what we found for most of the organizations, at least, is it's tested. Um, it's tested the infrastructure. It's tested the uh, desire. It's tested, um, you know, everything about a particular organization. And almost all of them are, I don't, I don't want to say thriving. I think that would be pushing it a little bit. But they've been able to pivot. They've been able to move things online. They've been able to, you know, still do provide that resource for professionals. And and probably more so now than any time before, the importance of associations are there, right? I mean, you've got people who are losing positions and need help within their industry. There's people who are struggling at their jobs. And that trade association is a, uh, a group of friends, right, a group of cohorts that can support and get people through those challenging times. So what we've seen, at least for the organizations that have pivoted to the online experience, it's been successful. Um, you know, of course, we all are itching to get back into a, a personal settings as well and probably some sort of a hybrid situation moving forward. But, um, you know, so far, so good, and hopefully, uh, you know, keep going in the positive direction. Absolutely. And you've been doing this for uh, for quite a few years now and certainly have helped uh, many, many, many of those small to mid-sized professional and trade associations. And hey, Chicago has so many of them. So I'm anticipating great things for you and your team at Chicago Association Management. What is some of the advice that you're sharing with your clients um, in the post-COVID-19 world? Are there lessons learned? Are there things that now that we've seen what we can do in this very challenging environment that you're anticipating, hey, it might become part of that new normal. Right. Well, I think one of the things that I think you're uh, an excellent uh, person in this area is the importance of connections, the importance of networking, the importance of being there for people. I think that's always a huge piece to the puzzle, right? I mean, there's the the obvious things like the Zoom meetings and some of the other technology that we've all been forced to learn in our 10 years in advance to what we would have been had this um, you know, situation not occurred. But I just think that that importance of people, um, especially in this world that we're not able to see people you know, on a day-to-day basis, has just been emphasized and, and is such a huge part of, of the success of organizations. Um, you know, so that, that piece. And then the other part of it that's been interesting is the outreach, right? I mean, all of these organizations to survive need to still do outreach. They still need to be able to reach out to, you know, contacts in their industries that would benefit from an organization. And, of course, there's the – and it's mm-hmm. probably somewhat true, the fact that millennials maybe aren't as much into joining organizations. So that's another sure. piece of it. So the networking, the providing the value, the being sure that – you know, your organization is focused on what it does best and be able to provide that for its members. That's great advice. No question about it. So certainly uh, you have helped your clients pivot and you have pivoted uh, through virtual virtual experiences and using the technology. So, Ed, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can learn more about you and your team. Um, where's the best website that people can uh, check out? Uh, they can check out uh, chicagoassociation.com um, is the website. We also have... Um, a team building end to that business, and that's um, Corp Event, C-O-R-P-E-V-E-N-T dot com. And those team and interactive programs are also a piece to the puzzle for association management because we're able to provide a lot of different types of opportunities for people to connect, for people to be able to share information, to people to have a little bit of fun when, quite honestly, it's not as much fun right now. 
<laughs> it's true, but uh, you know what? It's uh, it's what you make of it. And as we wrap up the year, certainly uh, I wish you and your team nothing but the best of success. Chicago Association Management Corporate Events. Check them out online. And Ed Graziano, um, we've known each other for quite a, quite a while. Good luck to you, and I uh, look forward to bringing you back on the show. Shalom, you're the best. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment after this quick break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And believe it or not, we've been on the air for almost seven years. Lots of fascinating guests, amazing businesses. And certainly as we wrap up from uh, Small Business Saturday, uh, make sure you're getting on my website, shalomkline.com, to learn more about those many, many, many uh, amazing entrepreneurs so you can find ways to support them, COVID-19 or not. And speaking of entrepreneurs and speaking of entrepreneurship, my next guest knows a thing or two about that. Michael Roderick, the founder and CEO of Small Pond Enterprises. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Shalom. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, it's, I'm excited to have you. So, Michael, I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Um, you went from high school teacher to Broadway producer. Uh, you have got a fascinating background. I need to learn a thing or two about it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, I went from being a high school English teacher to Broadway producer in under two years. And uh, a lot of people were very curious as to how uh, so I was getting my master's in educational theater, and I decided to actually study networking. So what I did was I started hosting workshops where I would simulate one-one meetings, job interviews, and cocktail parties. And over time, I started to learn uh, a lot about relationships and how we build them and sort of how we structure that. And I got to a point where people were asking me how it was that they just kept being able to remember everything that I taught them. And I realized that not everybody had packaged their ideas in that, in that particular way. So I started focusing on this idea of helping entrepreneurs create referable brands, making it so that people will talk about you when you're not in the room in a good way. Well, uh, you know, that's always a challenge. I'm always worried when I walk out of the room what people are saying. But um, you know a thing or two about that from your time as a high school teacher. Um, but, Michael, I, I, I want to dig in over there into uh, your fascinating background um, because you went sure. off and you you started a number of different organizations. We're going to get into a couple of them. Um, but mm-hmm. what was it from your time as a teacher and then, again, uh, producing off-Broadway and then on-Broadway that uh, I guess you've been able to apply in your experiences of helping entrepreneurs throughout uh, our amazing country. Yeah, so it really comes down to the aspect of when you are when you're teaching high school, uh, you've got a bunch of kids with very very short attention spans, right? So you have to figure out how are you going to get their attention pretty quickly. Uh, and how are you going to kind of rethink what you are presenting? How are you going to make it easier for them to remember it and them to use it? And really, honestly, the same thing comes up in Broadway. In essence, what you have to do is you have to get people within the first couple of seconds, really, to look at a show or the title of a show and say, oh, that is something I want to see. So when I started getting into this whole sort of entrepreneurial world, what I noticed was that a lot of entrepreneurs spend so much time uh, basically just 
talking uh, in circles around what it is that they do, and they don't necessarily just get straight to the point. So I started to ask, you know, if anybody, if your sh business was a Broadway show, would anybody buy a ticket? And really started to think about how is that, how is that language being used? How are you getting people to get it right away? And that's where this started to really, uh, really develop from. I love it. I love it. And uh, again, through those experiences, you ended up developing a workshop on networking, which turned into a full-time consulting practice, and that is Small Pond Enterprises. So what is the meaning behind the name Small Pond Enterprises, and who is the ideal fit uh, to work with you? Sure. So uh, the I am originally from Rhode Island, and in Rhode Island, it's a very, very small state, small state in the Union, so everybody kind of knows everybody. Uh, and when I was going to be moving to New York, where I currently live, all of my friends said, you know, here, you're a big fish in a small pond. If you go to New York, nobody's going to know you. And I said, I'm going to go to New York and create my own small pond. And I basically took that theme through all of my work. And I said, you know, how do I help people create their own small ponds and then get that message out there, really, you know, get their ideas and their concepts uh, to a group of people who are already interested in what they have to, you know, what they have to share and present those, present those particular concepts. So now a lot of the work that I end up doing is helping those entrepreneurs who are really struggling with this aspect of getting people to understand their work and being willing to share about them, refer them, talk about them. I help them develop that messaging that really makes them that big fish in the small pond. And that's really where the, the concept and the idea came from. I love it. I love it. New York, small pond, those two terms often don't go together, but you certainly have made that happen. <laughs> and you are helping uh, folks uh, do that all the time, regardless of industry. Uh, so we're going to squeeze in a, a break in a moment, but I have to ask about the uh, Connecting Connectors Conference. Can you tell our listeners yes. uh, real quick about that? Sure, sure. Uh, so the ConnectorCon started because I went to a bad conference, and I just sort of had this moment of, being frustrated with the fact that people were always sort of looking at people's name tags and sort of judging them. And, and there were like these clusters. So I decided what if I put a conference together just for connectors, for people who love to introduce each other uh, and really got rid of all of the hierarchy. So basically everybody had a name tag, but it didn't have what they actually did. It just had a sentence about what they needed help with. And then everybody was just sort of supporting each other and helping each other while learning all about connecting. Uh, it's amazing, amazing. And uh, again, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the lessons that uh, I don't want to steal all of the secret sauce and the, the magic recipe, um, but we'll, we'll share some of those tips as we wrap up the program. But again, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm chatting with Michael Roderick from Small Pond Enterprise, but you can get on my website, shalomkline.com to download podcasts from Get Down to Business as well as learn about my other podcast called We All Serve, where I interview veterans all across this country about the lessons that they've learned. Uh, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. Back with Michael Roderick after this quick break. Welcome back. We are chatting with the founder and CEO of Small Pond Enterprise, Michael Roderick. Um, that's right, Small Pond, big city, New York City. That's right. Uh, Michael, you were just chatting about uh, the ConnectorCon 
um, where you have uh, been uh, connecting and, and, and bringing together the New York startup community, um, but also with businesses around the country. So very briefly in our couple of minutes remaining, what is some of the uh, advice that you share with the, the entrepreneurs that get in touch with you? Yeah, so I, the thing that I think is probably most important is to think about the idea of accessibility, influence, and memory when it, when it comes to sharing your ideas. So first, you have to ask yourself, can people outside of your industry understand it, or are you in what I like to refer to as the echo chamber of the enlightened? If you're using a lot of jargon words that are part of your industry, there's a good chance that you're not really going to be reaching that many people. And then second, you want to think about how do you make sure that your ideas are influential? And most people think of influence in regards to persuasion, but really what you want to think about is how would somebody else sharing my ideas, how would that actually make them look good? And then finally, you want to think about memory, because very, very often we spend a lot of time thinking about how are we going to tell our story, but not nearly enough time thinking about how can we make it easy for people to retell our story. So if you think about that concept and you focus on taking aim, accessibility, influence, and memory, when it comes to your message, you're going to be significantly more referable and more people are going to want to have conversations with you. Oh, it's such important advice. And lastly, um, I'm going to ask you the same question that I've asked several of our guests this evening. Um, what are some of the uh, pivots or the lessons learned from COVID-19 um, that sort of that silver lining or the, uh, that you're taking into the new normal? I'm using some of those buzzwords that keep being thrown around. But what are some of the things that you have implemented in your business and that you are telling some of the uh, clients and entrepreneurs that you work with at Small Pond Enterprises uh, as we move into 2021. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely had a lot of conversations about the fact that uh, the joke I make is that we're all the BBC dad now, right? <laughs> um, we're we're in that place where basically people are going to have to understand that for the most part you are home, and if you have kids, kids are going to come busting in. There are going to be different things, so. Uh, it's really, really important to not only be gentle with yourself as you're trying to, you know, continue to sort of maintain business as usual, but also just be understanding of what other people are going through, whether that be clients or whether that be prospects that you're having conversations with. We're not in the, we're not in a time right now where things are very predictable. So being flexible, I think, is a major, major factor uh, in COVID. And then the second thing that I would say is that this is a time whenever anything big happens, it's a time where people either hide or they show up. They either hide and wait for things to be over or they show up and talk about what's going on. So one of the things I've recommended to all of my clients is to make the time to show up, talk about what your experiences are, talk about the things that you're learning right now, because there are a lot of people who are just, you know, sitting back waiting for it to blow over. Absolutely. Michael, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to learn more about Small Pond Enterprises? Sure. Uh, they can just go to smallpondenterprises.com and all the information's there as well as links to podcasts and all sorts of other, all sorts of other fun stuff. And uh, happy to chat with anybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Roderick, smallpondenterprises.com. Thanks so much for joining us. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. 